You are listening to Wildlife Conservation India podcast by Ela Foundation Pune India and the Wildlife People. In today's episode, we have with us Professor Ruben Yosef. He's an ornithologist over 3 decades of bird ringing experience. He lives at Elath in Israel and is the recipient of Rolex Award. He's also research advisor and member of Ela Foundation. He speaks to you on the menace of invasive species. one of the biggest problems of modernization and the fact that humans are now capable of moving around the globe at extremely short periods of time has also allowed them to take animals from one side to the other whether it is intentional or not animals can hitch a ride on planes they can hitch a ride in in luggage in uh, on ships in containers which are transporting goods and all of this essentially has brought to a biodiversity crisis because most of these alien species once they are able to establish themselves in the new habitats have no natural enemies they have no natural diseases they have no natural constraints which will restrict the populations as we say they essentially run amok and they replace they compete with all the indigenous species who have all the natural constraints in place and then you have this new species coming in an invasive species which has no constraints so what we essentially have is a situation where all of the indigenous species are disadvantaged and all the invasive species are established almost exclusive populations essentially uh, a situation which results in a loss of maximum biodiversity and monocultures being established examples of these we can start especially during the british raj we didn't have the concept back then of invasive species so they weren't aware of the ecological damage that they were inflicting on the environment but they adapted adopted many techniques wherein if they saw that a certain species did good in a certain habitat they then adopted it across the whole empire like the eucalyptus trees The eucalyptus trees from Australia are wonderful in drying marshes. So what they essentially did was to take the eucalyptus trees and plant them in India and even plant them in what is today Israel. So we get these huge stands of trees in areas which are now very dry but are essentially sucking the land completely of any moisture. And so people have to understand that although we bring in exotic species that the locals are paying a price. and it doesn't matter whether it's plants birds reptiles mammals anything you bring in you are putting your indigenous populations at a great disadvantage another thing that the british did most of their young uh, administrative officers were first trained in india and the thing that they saw was that the indian house crow is an extremely good garbage cleaner he keeps all the villages he keeps all the roads clean so essentially what they did was to pack hundreds of these crows and take them and spread them out across their empire the these 
essentially there were there are records or demands of the governors in Kenya in Durban in Africa uh, in Aden in uh, Yemen Singapore all of these places where Indian house clothes were transported by the officials of their administration and populations established to keep the cities clean the problem is today that those same house crows are now spreading they have created for the past hundred years a huge ecological problem in each of these places and they have reached in some places in the millions and then now we have the double whammy as we say in that we have climate change coming in climate change coming in at a faster pace at an ever increasing pace which is allowing these invasive species to spread into new areas because the climate is changing in them the habitats are changing allowing better facilitation for the establishment of their populations so Indian house crows now have reached Brussels they've reached Amsterdam they've gone into much higher latitudes than would naturally have been possible if humans had not helped them initially to establish population right across everything that was the British Empire so Today we have the same problem with animal trade. When you bring animals from one habitat into another as a pet trade and then somehow, somewhere, these species get released into the wild. When they are able to establish populations, you've got another way in which these animals are able to invade and destroy whole indigenous populations and habitats. So this whole thing about pet trade about in the past animals being used for ecological or biological uh, control are having extremely negative effects in the wrong habitats. And so what we need to try and crack down is not only because we need to control pet trade in order to try and protect the original species in their original habitats, that's not the only reason. The reason is that these animals are then becoming invasive species where they are being brought in as pets. Okay, there is the whole subject of animal trade wherein for every animal that is sold in a shop, something like 90 or 100 others have to die in the transportation process, in the catching process, the disruption of whole colonies or whole family groups. So it's, it's a very heart-rending process. But just because somebody can walk around with an iguana on his shoulder or a macaw and show off or have the tourists come and take photographs with it, this kind of thing has to stop not only because of the damage done to the original populations of that animal, but also because if that animal escapes, meets another of its species of the opposite sex and is able to establish an invasive population you are going to wipe out your indigenous species. So from the conservation point of view, invasive species are today considered to be one of the highest concerns and coupled with climate change, the concern has actually peaked and is becoming of even greater concern to all conservation agencies. So one of the major issues which for us as Indians, because many of our species are so exotic, so beautiful, they are being used in the pet trade and have been in the past. So they have established populations in different areas around the world and are considered as pests, considered as those that essentially endanger indigenous species. 
So I think that one of the things we actually need to do is to identify those species who are pests overseas and to study them in India. So that what we can do is become controls for their studies to better understand how they can help their indigenous species. An example that I can give you of such an uh, invasion which has affected a local species is a paper we published recently on the subject of how rose-winged parakeets, which have recently established uh, populations in the desert in uh, Eilat in Israel, have uh, ousted breeding hoopoos from their nesting holes. And they've essentially eradicated the populations of the hoopoos. And they start by two different strategies. One is they start breeding earlier in the season than the hoopoos. And the second is they physically come and evacuate the hoopoos from the nesting hole if the hoopoos do come and try to breed. So we have a very, very good example here of how an invasive species negatively affects the indigenous species. And of course, another species in central and northern Israel which is also affected by the same whole nesting species is the Syrian woodpecker, which is the only woodpecker species breeding in Israel. For more episodes, log on to www.elafoundation.org slash podcasts. Wildlife Conservation India podcasts are now available on prominent platforms like SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher and iTunes. Stay tuned.